This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. What does it take? What does it take? It's seven, actually eight minutes after the hour already. And the reason why I say that, I say that typically every day, but in about two minutes, we're going to be hearing from your congresswoman. That's uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney to talk about the debt ceiling uh, today. After apparently a vote, I don't know if the vote was the, I don't know, whatever. We'll find out from the congresswoman when she calls in. But her people reached out to my people, meaning me, uh, earlier today to talk about this. It's obviously a big, big deal. And so I looked up a couple of things about Claudia in recent uh, uh, days with re- with respects, of course, to the debt uh, ceiling and her thoughts on it. One thing that popped out with me, uh, there's so many things to talk about, but, you know, the congresswoman, will, of course, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll have a lot to say is uh, how much money is dedicated towards the IRS. Remember, the IRS, they're, you know, uh, what was it, Yellen says, oh, we're going to get, we're going to have thousands, of, we're gonna, ni- what were they going to hire? 95,000 IRS agents. Uh, just, just because, you know, you know, when you spend a lot of money, you got to start siphoning it in one way or another. you got to find out who's been hiding their money. So uh, she'll talk about that and, uh, and, and various other things. Uh, McCarthy, you know, he's been, uh, I don't know, scrutinized for, for uh, making a deal with the devil, even some Republicans don't like what he did. Not enough on defense. Um, and, of course, the progressives say there's not enough. Or rather, there's too much on defense. I said this yesterday. But anyway, that's going to be in a couple of minutes. And at the bottom of the hour, uh, our weekly phone call with, uh, with of course, Attorney Joe Stanley. So if you have a question about Joe, whatever, whatever's going on in your world, legal-wise, uh, share it now or forever hold your peace. And I can ask Joe and get answers for you, free of charge. Had a couple of city council people in today. And a little com- uh, communication issue with uh, with one with one person, but uh, uh, you know, but nonetheless, we worked it out. And uh, Jason Trainer will be here on Friday, uh, and then uh, or also today I met up with uh, T.J. Uh, Babcock. You might know him as Timothy. He will be in uh, actually next week. I don't know what, but he just cut an ad, and along with that are Doug Osborne, who was in here what two weeks ago on the Live at Five show. And uh, so things are brewing up here. Today, obviously, the last day of May. Can you believe that? May 31st, 2023. And uh, one month away from halfway through the year of 2023 already. It seems like as we get older, I mean, you know, when, when you're in... I've always said this being in the sales world, a month goes by in two weeks. Because you're always looking up at a calendar. And the more, you, more often you look at a calendar, a calendar, unless you're in math class in eighth grade... Uh, it usually time just flies by. Typically, when when you really want to get out of things, it doesn't. Kind of like in a you know risky business sequence with Tom Cruise. All right, let's see if this is the Congresswoman. More than likely, it is. And yes, it is. It's Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. How are you, ma'am? Hey, Glenn. How you doing? Good. Uh, now, I know your assistant said that you were uh, in a vote. Was this the vote for for the debt ceiling to vote for it today? Yeah, we're voting today. We voted on what's called the rule, and then we vote on final passage uh, tonight. Okay, gotcha. So obviously, the, you know, people going back and forth in recent days, um, uh, the, you know, the, the Speaker of the House is very confident, can't understand that his own uh, a Congress, uh, check that, Republicans are questioning his uh, negotiation skills. And I've got to ask you, Congresswoman Tenney, what say you about McCarthy and what say you about where the, where the, uh, the debt ceiling is right now? Do you like it or not? Well, look at if we had Ronald Reagan as president and we had a 60 vote majority in the Senate, this wouldn't be a good deal. Hmm. Guess what? Let's like start with reality. We have a five seat majority 
which is going to be diminished pretty soon, uh, and they control the Senate and they control the White House. So we walk into this deal with a pair of twos and they have a royal flush. Right. The fact that we got any concessions out of the Democrats at all is significant, and it's because of the messaging mm-hmm. and the real pain that the Biden administration has inflicted on the American people, whether it's the high cost of inflation, especially food, especially gasoline, their war on energy, mm-hmm. uh, their war on our, our farmers. Same with Albany. I mean, that is what's getting us any kind of negotiating space. So understand something. We walk into this is a debt ceiling negotiation. This is about debt that's already been appropriated by the Democrats. We can't stop that that debt from being appropriated. But we can do is saying in the future, we aren't going to allow certain things. And we were able to exact some wins in spite of our very weak hand Hmm. because of our very slim majority in only one of the three uh, important uh, branches of government and that that deal with this issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, let me just say. When you have conservatives like Tom Massey, the most conservative, fiscally conservative member in the House of Representatives, supporting this bill, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Warren Davidson, and Jim Jordan, of, um, among others, mm-hmm. half the Freedom Caucus supporting this, it's a win for conservatives, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why. Mm-hmm. Tom Massey's plan to cut spending by 1%, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, a lot but mm-hmm. remember Sean Hannity always talking about the penny plan? Right, right. We enacted the penny plan. Warren Davidson, who's been in office since 2017, he came in with me as a freshman, said, this is the most conservative bill that I've ever voted on. So when conservatives are up in arms because certain conservative uh, social uh, media hosts and people like that are getting worked up. This is actually a good deal in so many ways and probably the best deal that we could get. If we could stick together, Mm -hmm. uh, we can see this through. So the penny plan actually forces us to do appropriations in regular order, something we haven't done since my first term in Congress. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do it in regular order and cut spending, we will end up with an automatic 1% decrease, and the Democrats have signed on to this. I don't think they get it yet. Really? The yeah. next thing is mm-hmm. we got work requirements, which we have never gotten in any bill since the Democrats took the work requirements out. So this is a big win. This is great for our farm community, great when it comes to us coming to the farm bill. We also got historic gains when we talk about rescission. Rescission is the only way that we can take appropriations back and put them in the Treasury. So if you take all the rescission bills that were passed in the entire history of Congress and add them up, we got more of that in this one bill. Now, it may not seem like a lot, but we took back all the COVID release funds. We took back money that was slated to go to China. Uh, We took back all this money that had been voted in by the Democrats, and we are putting that into the federal Treasury. Now, on the IRS agents, we wanted to defund 87000 uh, We wanted an, eight, or an $80 million deduction. I wanted to defer that money back to the border agents so we could stop this nonsense at the border and this, this invasion of our country. Right. But what we got is a one-year uh, elimination of, that, of the ability to hire auditors uh, that would be in the IRS. The problem is we got to fight for this every year, but that means we got to win elections. We need the American people to understand that we have got to win this every time. Congress gets elected every two years in the House. Mm-hmm. Every two years, they can change all these bills, and that's the risk we take. Mm-hmm. So we've got to continue to fight. We've got to make sure we keep the 11 members we have in New York uh, again so we can win the majority and can, we can have some wins. Mm-hmm. So 
there's a lot of good things in this bill. I mean, God, I wish it was a, you know, I wish we had Ronald Reagan in office. I wish we had all those votes in the Senate, but we don't. Mm -hmm. We have none of that. And so I think on balance, we have a good, a good bill. It's not a great bill. It's not a perfect bill, but it's a first step. The next step is more important and more critical. That is how we vote on appropriations. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be doing that process starting next all the way through September. And that's when you'll see the critical votes taken. And as Tom Massey described it, we just scrimmage on this debt. This is what this is. The Super Bowl is the appropriations process. And that's where we really need to deal with this and understand something really important. We preserve seniors, Medicare, our veterans, our defense spending, and we are going to put ourselves at significant economic risk of debt if we get downgraded and default on our debt. It's really important we don't let that happen. But the fact that we got these concessions is really, is really big. When we really didn't have much of a hand and the Democrats really had all the cards, it's the American people who have really stood up. And that's why we were able to get some of the concessions we did out of the Democrats. You said a couple of things that stood out. One, it seems like the Democrats gave, you know, kind of didn't show up at the negotiation table, if you will. And we'll probably figure it out later. But at this point, you guys definitely won them over without them apparently not even knowing. And the other thing is the slim margin. Are you talking about the loss of George Santos down in Nassau County, Congresswoman? Well, George Santos, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, one of my colleagues, Chris Stewart, a representative from Utah, has said he's going to be uh, resigning from Congress in the next week or so because his wife is gravely ill. So Ooh. we're going to lose. Ooh. That will have to be a special election, which may not happen for several months. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be down uh, down at least to four. I don't. We don't know what's going to happen with George Santos. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been convicted of anything yet. So mm -hmm. yeah. uh, until that time, we're, we have a, a four seat. Mar we'll have a four seat margin as of probably the next after about 10 days, I, I guess. So the quicker we get you guys get this done, and that's going to happen, you're happy about this, Congresswoman. You're very happy about this, it sounds. I'm not happy about it. I'm glad that we got some concessions and we're not defaulting, and we're making sure that we are keeping our promise to our seniors, our veterans, and, uh, and our Department of Defense and keeping ourselves strong so that we're not defaulting. Right. Remember, Donald Trump negotiated a deal with Nancy Pelosi to raise the debt ceiling an actual spending amount of six and a half trillion dollars. This bill says we could get to four trillion if the Republicans who control spending vote for it. It doesn't have to get to four trillion. We can cut spending in the appropriations process. Hmm. So when you look at the negotiation, this is actually a better deal than the President Trump deal uh, cut with Nancy Pelosi hmm. and for everyone who voted for the last debt ceiling increase. So. Uh, we did better than we d ever have, and, uh, you know, that's not necessarily a victory lap. We have a huge problem with inflation. Sure. We have a huge problem with the Fed flooding money in to, to, to create that. And we have a huge problem with energy, which, by the way, one of the concessions here that the Democrats are – the number one calls we're getting now out of our office are Democrats really upset about the streamlining of the permitting process for energy and infrastructure – so they're upset about, you know, giving, giving us a chance to be energy independent mm -hmm. and giving us a chance to actually continue to use fossil fuel. So that's another side of this that we got mm. uh, that I can't believe we got with our pair of twos versus the Democrats' royal flush. Right. So that's a big win, too. But I think they're starting to feel the pinch of the, of the uh, you know, the New York state law, which actually took away our gas stoves and our ability to tap into our Marcellus and Utica shale in terms of our, our shale um, gas reserves. Incredible. You mentioned that. I, I saw your interview on Fox Business 
and you were comparing us with Pennsylvania and the hardships of running a small business in upstate New York. Can you explain more about that, Congresswoman? Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, I am a small business owner. My business was founded by my grandfather in 1946. I ran the newspaper division. We were the real news, not the fake news. Right. Uh, but we worked a lot with radio stations like yours, which is why I support the local radio stations and the important uh, product that they, pr- they provide to consumers, local news, emergency uh, issues. So that's important what you do. But uh, it's really hard when you have a state that is the least friendly business state that's continuing to tax, mm-hmm. uh, continuing to uh, send unfunded mandates to businesses, uh, the IRS can- increasing taxes on, on uh, our, our uh, businesses. But really, the worst of it is New York State. I mean, they are forcing us to either close or move out of the state. Right. And when we have, when our businesses are gone, uh, we're not going to have anywhere to go. We're going to have just these big, huge multinational companies, these big box stores or WalMarts of the world. We're not going to have entrepreneurship and right. innovation, and there won't be any chance for anyone to get into the marketplace. And these market barriers are going to really, uh, you know, erode our ability to have a free market system any capitalist system that's going to bring prosperity to everyone. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I, I've been living up here now for a very long, over 34, 35 years now, uh, Congresswoman, and it just seems like it just doesn't get any better. We, we're a pocket of, of, uh, of conservative people up here. We're good people, as you know. Uh, but I got to ask you, with, you know, in, I've been going back and forth getting press releases and, and your uh, feelings about this, the migrants coming up slowly but surely, now f- coming from New York City, n- and nothing against them. I don't want to make a big stand. Oh, we don't need these people here. But obviously, uh, Mayor Adams can't take no moss for uh, Mayor Adams. So now he sent them up to West. Uh, he couldn't send them to Westchester. They wouldn't allow it. But he sends them up to Rockland, and slowly but surely, they're making their way up to your district and beyond. What say you about that, uh, uh, Congresswoman? It's a total lack of compassion for humanity to allow this crisis at the border. This is cruel to the human beings who are being trafficked at the border in record numbers. The cartels are controlling the border. They're getting rich off human trafficking and drug trafficking. Our children are being killed by illegal fentanyl. And the Biden administration thinks it's okay because maybe they're trying to get voters in, in, our, in our state. But here's how even more cruel it is. Most of our local and small counties, local governments and small counties, don't have the housing for the people that we need housing for now. Right. We have a lot of people that are in crisis. We have people that are, are homeless. We have veterans that are in need. We have people with special needs. We're shipping them all around the state to find affordable and, and adequate housing for them. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to displace those people to put illegal immigrants in. Some of them may be drug traffickers. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up our SUNY campuses and put these people in. I say with all of these upstate New York uh and, and, and New York State colleges, these private colleges that have declared themselves as sanctuary colleges, mm-hmm. why aren't they opening up their doors and letting their donors and their trust funds pay for some of these illegal immigrants? They're pro- supporting the sanctuary status. Mm-hmm. They need to step up. They have huge, rich endowments that, uh, that are you know, made because they have these high tuition rates. Mm-hmm. They should be not, uh, they should be also doing this and not just burdening these these taxpayers that pay for the SUNY system schools. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, we can't afford this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that's wrong. We have to recognize the rule of law. And, uh, you know, can you imagine if we decided that we were going to ha- take a lot of our beautiful lakefront property on Lake Ontario or the Finger Lakes right. and put in Section 8 housing and saying that we need to be fair here? Right, right. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that the, that the Democrats uh, 
don't think about it unless it's, you know, they, they, they become NIMBYs, you know, not in my backyard. Right, of course. Uh, so, you know, live up to that. If you want to be a sanctuary college, right. then be a sanctuary college. Help out. Take right. some of these people that you think uh, these drug dealers that we need to protect. And I'm not saying they're all drug dealers. There's a lot of no, I know. people who are innocent or trafficked. But this is, you know, there's a lot of people coming across this this border that aren't good people, that are people that are going to take advantage of our system. And we don't. we want people who believe in freedom who believe in the American way and are going to support our system and go to work and, and raise their families and, and live according to our rules. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny because, the, you know, you always have to look at what happened with Martha's Vineyard when uh, Governor DeSantis sent them up there. Uh, it's interesting that the migrants did somehow or other pe- bypass Westchester and moved sl- slowly but surely up to central New York, where, where part of your district. And for that matter, eventually they're going to be here, but they're going to be in St. Lawrence County. And, and my guess is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like they're just looking for future votes. Am I crazy for saying that, Congresswoman Tenney? No, I mean, you can't draw really any other conclusion, but look at the, think of the Martha's Vineyard situation uh, where uh, our former President Obama lives. Yeah. Those people were off the island of Martha's Vineyard within 24 hours. They had them behind a, a barbed wire fence mm-hmm. or, or a, you know, a chain link fence over in a, in a base mm-hmm. on the other side of uh, in Massachusetts. They didn't want them in Martha's Vineyard. So, I mean, this is the same old, you know, uh, NIMBY uh, situation. But, look, it's not fair to the people that are being trafficked. It's not fair to the taxpayers. Why should the people of New York, who are among the highest taxes in the nation, why should we pay for this? Why is it our obligation to pay for this? It's just not fair to our taxpayers who are already suffering. People are closing their businesses. People are moving. Mm -hmm. People can't afford. They have to decide whether they're going to put gas in their car or heat their homes or buy groceries. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went went, yesterday, I went to go buy a a small container of mayonnaise to put in a a ready-made dip that I bought at the windmills, uh, the windmill shops down in uh, this amazing place in Yates County. Mm -hmm. And uh, a 10-ounce container of mayonnaise was $7.00. And fifty nine cents. That's that's ridiculous. And normally, oh, that's for a man, I, I mean, that's yeah. like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't get any better. And listen, I, I only because I, I just like Hannity would say, I have a heartbreak because I have Attorney Joe Stanley calling in in a couple of minutes. But I got to ask you, Congresswoman Tenney, your thoughts about the because I haven't spoken to you in over a month or so. The firing of of Tucker Carlson. What are your thoughts about that? If if you don't mind me asking. You know, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think Tucker Carlson still makes. His full contract pay, which is about $20 million a year. Right, right. And they say it has something to do with text messages or right. emails uh, that he said that were inappropriate. Yes. But I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll all find out. But isn't he, isn't he launching some podcast on Twitter? And, well, yeah, but now... Well, now probably have an even bigger audience, actually, because he had more people retweet his initial... Uh, video than uh, than ever than watch the show on Fox News every night. Yeah, and it's funny because Keith Olbermann made fun of his next YouTube video that was, oh, look at it, it's not getting the traction everyone's saying it is. And the guy, of course, is, is a mental patient. But, and next thing you know, they had millions of it. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I do hope he comes back to a platform where he's on every night at 8 o'clock. And uh, he can't get out of his contract until 2025. Uh, but apparently oh, they're saying okay. they, they might negate that only because there's been some leaks from within the network showing him saying, this about these people, so forth and so on. So it, hopefully he'll be back on because other than your voice, Congresswoman Tenney, we need a, a, a person. I mean, I love Hannity. I know you do too, blah, blah, blah. 
But Fox is lost without Tucker, and I just can't wait till, uh, to see him again because we need his voice of reason. I don't always agree with him, but, boy, he really makes a lot of sense 98% of the time. He truly does. Well, I think Chris Ruddy at Newsmax ought to make a play for him. Yeah, and I know the other guy, Eric Bowling, is doing real well, too, in terms of ratings. Of course, he used to be with, uh, with Fox. But, but, but Newsmax needs an injection of Musk money or something to put them up to the same standards that we're accustomed to with Fox. Fox is falling apart, just like Bud Light, just like Target, just like Kohl's. Uh, so now this is a big, big transition, just like uh, what the Democrats are trying to do in Central New York. Thank God they're so ignorant for not knowing they gave us a good deal despite this, the slight margins. And hopefully uh, this, this can carry on for the, the next time when we finally get more control and, and uh, a better majority, rather, in the House of Representatives. And hopefully soon on the next cycle, we'll get the Senate back. And as you know, hey, that's uh, the a presidency. Good idea. I like the Elon Musk with Newsmax idea. Uh, if he yeah, buys that out, he needs the machine behind. Because I even see Tucker right now doing his stuff, just like Bill O'Reilly did. He's got poor microphone. He looks bloated. Don't get me wrong. But when you have the machine behind you, people like Judge Pirro look gorgeous. That's all I can say. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. But that's what he needs behind him. He needs that. And uh, because his words are his own and, and nobody else's. And he has great integrity, in my opinion. But he needs that machine for sure. And we can't wait to have him back. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, thank you so, so much for being with us today. And keep us up to date. We'd love to do a regular thing. We keep talking. We would love to have you call in at least every two, three weeks or at least once a month, if possible, Claudia. Thank you. Well, we'd love to. Paid for by the committee to elect Ben Schoen. All right. Let's see if we have Attorney Joe. Yes, we do. Attorney Joe Stanley, how are you, sir? Hi, Glenn. How are you? Good, good, good. We just got off the phone with our Congresswoman, Claudia Tenney. Good, good timing. I actually managed to get a commercial break in, in between as well. Uh, so happy uh, belated Memorial Day weekend, Joe. Well, thank you. Same to you. Yeah. So three things. Uh, two of them are related. But I, I, I shared a story yesterday. I was on the New York State Thruway. went down to Long Island uh, this past weekend. And we came back the same way we went down. I love doing the Thruway. It's, it's beautiful road, so forth. Two maniacs, both driving imports in excess of at least 110, 120 miles an hour. It was just fantastic. Uh, I mean, this was just uh, uh, driving by in a three-lane highway at that point south of Albany, right in the Catskill region. And here's my question. These maniacs obviously are trying to impress each other. I, at first, I thought it was road rage, but I saw the types of cars they were driving. Barely missed us, Joe. One of them. And then he barely missed an 18-wheeler tra- uh, because he went from one lane to the other. It was, uh, it was surreal. But in a situation like that, where you have numbnuts running, driving in excess of 110, 120 miles an hour on a highway, I'm innocent driver, Glenn Curry driving with his wife in a Chevy Cruze. I get hit. And, and uh, what happens in a scenario like that when people are playing like th- games like that, Joe? Well, I mean... Yeah, if you go that fast, it's hard to control your vehicle. And if you get hurt, right. you know you you get to sue them. But you know who knows how much insurance they have. That's why you have underinsured motorist coverage because people do crazy stuff on the roads everywhere. So that's the issue. Yeah, you could try to get punitive damages, but people who engage in that kind of behavior probably don't care. I don't know how they get away with it because, I mean, I, I again, I, I was a kid. I remember driving 90 miles an hour in my mother's Buick, and I thought, oh, I'll never do that again, and I never did for the record. But, you know, they, they keep saying, oh, we're going to have patrols out in the road. This was Sunday. It wasn't Monday, but still it's Memorial Day weekend. Aren't the cops looking for guys like this, or am I nuts? Oh, well, you know, they're out there, but, you know, I, 
you know, they, they can't be everywhere in every place. And, True. You know, they catch them sometimes, sometimes they don't. Right. No, and I, I and I, I was actually reading the paper the next day to see if there was an accident on the thruway because these guys would have been shish kebab if, like you said, I couldn't believe how close he came to hitting that one particular eighteen wheeler. Because, like you said, at that at that route, inertia, centrifugal force, whatever, that's very difficult to travel from one lane to the other. This kid well, is crazy. Yeah, yeah one hundred and ten miles an hour. You're going two hundred feet per second. Right. So right. You can do that. That's pretty. You're covering a lot of ground in a second. Yeah, you really are. And thank God, for his sake and everybody else involved, uh, that they made it. But just I would never entertain that. Okay, so the next two things are somewhat related. You heard about the three kids that were taken in for killing a, uh, a swan uh, somewhere down, I believe, in Manlius in central, uh, central New York. Again, something like this, I, I don't know what, what kids get out of killing a beautiful animal like that, uh, Joe. But, you know, you know, the same thing happened up here. It wasn't a swan, but just over the weekend, kids decided to throw glass into the public uh, pool up in Thompson Park. Now, again, it, some, a child watching a swan get killed or wake up and they see Swanee River, whatever, is dead on the ground, blah, blah, blah. That's traumatic for a six, seven-year-old child. I don't know if you're looking for compensation from that. I doubt it. That's a frivolous case. But in the case of kids literally throwing glass inside a public pool, say if some, one of the public, uh, check that, the city employees didn't see the glass. And a lot of times you won't see glass in the bottom of a pool. Thank God they did. What would happen? Would the city be accountable for what happened in that situation, regardless of who actually threw the glass in there to begin with, Joe? Well, I mean, it depends on how long the glass is there and that they have re- take reasonable pause. You always have to clean a pool because you never know what's going to be in it. So, I mean, that's, that's how that works. And, it, you know, if it just happened and somebody gets hurt, then it's the person who did it, assuming you can catch them and they, you know, they have any responsibility. And, um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, the people who did it are obviously are primarily responsible, but you know, anybody who has a public entity like that, no people throw stuff, do stupid stuff. They, they do it. Right, right. That's why you got to clean pools. God knows what's in pools, you know. We all know, we all envision it, and it's probably all true. Yeah, you know, by the way, they, 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 I didn't know this, but they empty the pool at least three times a season, and they were planning on emptying it this week anyway. Oh, good. I'm, and by the way, Jim Levin's with us today. Um, hey, uh, Joe. Hi, Jim. So I, I didn't know that they took the water out of a pool. I thought that's what you have chlorine for, right? I mean, why do they have to? Why do they have to do that, Joe? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I said I, that may be because they want to clean the, the inside of the pool more than it's the water. They might need to get to the to the surface of the concrete pool and and do whatever to it and clean it and whatever hmm. inspect it more than the water because you know I, I, I'm just guessing. No, you're probably right because you know uh, Mayor Jeff Smith was saying it costs one hundred and eighty thousand dollars to main one maintain one pool every year, yeah. and that's like I can't. I geez, just throw a block of, of chlorine in it every twenty four hours. That's a hell of a lot less than one hundred and eighty grand. Well, yeah, but that's why you have to maintain the concrete when you're putting that much chlorine in there and whatever use it's getting. You have to make sure it's maintained so it doesn't hmm. break down more, and then you have a huge problem and the pool's no good for the summer. You know, that's a that, that's in it again. Coming, uh, obviously, that's why Joe knows, right, Jim? Jim right. is Jim is the same. I guess I'm only guessing. No, no, be, no. Even if you're guessing, you're pools. coming up with good I reasons. A, I, I know about <clears throat> pools, concrete pools. They they cost a lot to maintain. <clears throat> oh, they boy. do, and, and know, how? pools in general. Yeah. 
Not, not to mention finding, you know, uh, your, your neighbor's dog in there. You know, and that's that's Jeff Graham's tennis ball from his walker. For some reason, it's oh. I have no idea. So, Joe, it, it's just, I got to compliment both of you because both Joe Stan, attorney Joe Stanley, and our attorney Jim Levin right here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I still think Jim should have been either a doctor, he should have been a lawyer, or an engineer. But for some reason, rather, he chose radio. I have no idea. But you got to be well-rounded to know things like that, Joe. Do, can you, <clears throat> at your age, we won't ask you what your age is, none of my business, but do you, do you get a sense that you know more now than your, your entire life, Joe? Well, you know, I know less and less about more and more that I do know. <laughs> um, and so uh, that is true. Sounds so, and right. I think that, that's one of the advantages of, of getting older is that you can appreciate how much there is to know and how much how little you do know about how much there is to know sure but i didn't have that perspective years ago you thought you you probably thought you knew enough well no i always like to learn i mean i always like to learn something every day but you know you think you know well you're brilliant when you're young and nobody knows more right right (laughs) anybody anybody who tells you different is a jerk that's right right right, that's right. right That's right. And your parents are really stupid and until you're about 25, 26 years old. And all of a sudden, they're geniuses. Right. And you realize that when, well, obviously, when either you have kids or when you get yeah. older and you start realizing, I didn't know as much as I should have. I, I, I can say this. When they have men out in the street asking very simple questions about either history or civics, uh, America on as a whole, Joe, regardless of whether or not they have education or not, they're not up to snuff with the things that are necessary. And, and history is a big, big thing that our young generation are just not in tune to. That's what I notice. Uh, just a simple question, who was the first president of the United States? And everyone knows it was Ronald Reagan. So anyway, <clears throat> I mean, they'll ask questions like that, and they won't know that. That's, does that surprise you when you see that, Joe? I think it's sad. And, you know, I think it's a function of, you know, it's, it's a function of, of a lot of things. But, you know, too much, too much electronics, not enough yeah. encouragement to do other things. And, and you know, it's... it's uh, yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It is very sad. It's, it's a shame. Hey, Joe, quick question. So today CNN is reporting that the special counsel has an audio tape of the former president, Donald Trump, uh, talking about how he has classified stuff relative to a potential attack on Iran. And... Uh, Assuming they really have this audio tape, what does that portend for uh, the future of these investigations? And is there enough time to get to the backside of it before the election? Yeah, they put him in jail. Well, I, I'm guessing, of course, if that exists, that that will come out as part of some indictment and and being arrested. And then, you know, if if he's still running for president, then you leave it up to the voters. And then, you you know, hopefully the country doesn't have to get to that point. But yeah. I don't know what the answer is. But, again, nothing surprises me. So I'm going to say I, I, I'll hold my breath and hope that, that things work out. That's well, how I say it. If I'm, if I'm Joe Biden, I pardon him. Really? And it's over. Because you don't want a president of the United States going to prison. Hmm. 
Well, I don't think that's going to happen. That's never going to happen. That's, that's never going to happen. This isn't Gerald Ford uh, and the same party, Jim. This is exactly the Doesn't opposite matter. effect. Doesn't matter. If you're a patriot, <clears throat> you're a patriot. And uh, Wow, why is this coming out? All of this, first of all, the question itself, plus you were jumping up and down when you heard about this earlier, yeah. and now you would pardon him? I don't. Why I, do you yes, say that? Yes, I'd well, like to. I, I, no, I, 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 you know, I take that back. I would pardon him if he agrees not to run... <laughs> I would do that. I would do that. Is, is that what they call killing him with kindness, Jim? I, I don't know. No, is it? Well, no, I don't. I, you know, that was a, that, that, I, I think that that's a reasonable offer in the best interest of the country. You shouldn't be running anyways, but I will pardon you for all, all of your all of your crimes. As a anyway. Democrat, I hope he runs. Yeah, yeah, of course. But 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 having said that, you you don't want to see a president of the United States even being indicted. You no. really don't. No, def- no definitely not. Uh, nor do you want to see anyone having sex in the, or- in the Oval Office with, a- with an intern. You don't want to see any of that stuff. Uh, but, and well, you know I'd what rather, I'm referencing. Rather, Ac- actually, it was the private dining room off the Oval Office, and it, it depends on what the definition is. Okay. All right. Well, it was still a dress and was in the White House <laughs> and a cigar. Anyway, what are we, what are we turning into the Dean and, Martin roast and, here? And, I, and I've met her. No, have you, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you know her stepbrother down right, in Westchester. Right. Well, Joe, I tell you, I mean, <laughs> again, the converse, by the way, the conversation I had with Congresswoman Tenney earlier oh, uh, was, was, was like rough. Funny. Because, you know, now we're, we're looking at hotel rooms where they're kicking out veterans. And I don't want to sound like copy uh, Fox copy points here and so forth. But but you it, do. Uh, it, it, you know, again, with the migrants coming up, <laughs> the legal issues behind it. it I, I, what say you about that? Uh, are we a sanctuary state? Is Onondaga County uh, opening their arms, just like the uh, Statue of Liberty, to these migrants, in your opinion, Joe? Is this a good deal for us? <laughs> no, we're a country of immigrants. So I, the question is... <laughs> Is that a we have most of the places in upstate New York have population loss problems, and we have, they have people who there's not enough people to do the work that's necessary. So you know, and there's always been an issue about we don't want immigrants for hundreds, you know the history of the country. Sure. So what, what all of this is more politics than it is anything else because there's always going to be people complaining about people taking their jobs except no one is just like nobody took these hotel rooms from anybody the people who kicked out the people that are the hotel rooms are the owners who wanted to make more money that's all they want and, and beyond that the that's state capitalism. of New York what, what is whether, a, whether they were migrants or not somebody what, else who would pay more <laughs> what is the state of New York supposed to do if these these poor people get shipped up here you know? well, I, and again, we have a, we have a, first of all, the country, you know, part of this, part of the problem is that the country as a whole should be taking care of the immigration situation. That's Unfortunately, right. again, politics reigns over practicality. That's right. You know, it, 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 it falls on all of all, both parties. It, it, you know, they've been trying to do it for 50, they haven't performed it for 50 years because... Well, they can't agree in what's in the best interest of the country. That's just nonsense. And Joe, nobody yeah. remembers the, the reason is is because you got Fox News on one side making up these kind of. No stories, one watches Fox. And then you got yeah, whatever <laughs> <laughs> the other network. Yeah, <laughs> they're no. making up all this stuff, and it, it, <clears throat> there has to be an immigration policy that makes sense. Remember the Kennedy McCain bill about thirty years ago, Joe, where yeah. uh, John McCain and Teddy Kennedy got together and put together. Uh, comprehensive immigration reform, and it was it was killed uh, yeah. in in Congress. But 
if you go back and look at it, it makes perfect sense even today, and it should be passed. Yeah, and, and you're talking about a time or an era when uh, senators like Schumer uh, were saying we should crack down on illegal uh, immigrants until years later he realized, no, these are future votes, and this can capsize the Republican Party in states like Texas and beyond. So thank they changed they change their minds. Th- thank you, Tucker. They changed their minds. Well, this is liberalism in stereo here. It's incredible. Anyway, uh, Joe, always, uh, always a pleasure speaking. We talked to Attorney Joe Stanley each and every Wednesday at 5.30, and I told the congresswoman that. We have a call with Joe Stanley, so you've got to go, Congresswoman. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Sorry. Well, I, I was being respectful. I, I took over for Claudia Tenney. And Joe, you're a handsome man, but she's much better she looking is, than she, you are. She's 62 years old. She looks great. She yeah, really she's does. a lovely person. She looks better than Laura Ingram, and she looks just like Laura Ingram, who is like 10 years younger than oh, she Oh, she looks much better than Laura Ingram. I agree with you. All right, Joe, when people need to get in contact with you, how can one do that, Joe? <laughs> sure. StanleyLawOffices.com is our website. My email is joe at StanleyLawOffices.com. The phone number is 1-800-608-3333. Joe, thank you very much. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Yep, you two guys. Have a good day. Yes, right, you too. See you, Joe. Attorney uh, Joe Stanley here on the Live at Five. Do you want to take a call? Because it's going to be someone. It's going <laughs> It'll to be somebody yelling it's at It's going to be incendiary yeah, for sure. Good. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, Mr. Levin has a short memory. Didn't Joe Biden have documents in his garage, right. Mr. Levin? Oh, it's exactly the same. He didn't, he didn't hide the documents. As soon as they were found, they were returned. So and the government the of the United States talking over didn't need... He did not have the power to declassify anything. Every everybody Donald has Trump did. <laughs> no, he didn't. Nobody does. Donald there's Trump a was there's the a process. Joe Biden was the vice oh, president. People need to be He's educated. He's got documents in his garage. He's got documents in, in his, his Corvette. Right. So what what's the what process by which, sir? What's the process by which you can be classified? This is not the Sean Hannity show. What what what's the process by which a document can be declassified? You know, be the president. No, that's not how it works. There's a process. No, there's a process. Please please read before you speak. Give me a break. Please read before you speak. I gotta go. 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 People don't like doing that. I woke up in such a great mood too. I am in a good mood. I'm talking about me. How are you on the air? Yeah, just a clarification. Oh, it's it's a it's a Danny Friends. Hey, Danny. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Uh, Glenn, you said about the veterans kicked out of the hotel. Yeah. That's, that's a bogus story. I hope you know that. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> Fake news. Must, <laughs> really? have, came, must we, have come we, from Newsmax. Was a, uh, the Mid-Hudson oh, uh, Mid, was it uh, from Hudson News reported that from Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Uh, that the, a man came forward and admitted that they had not been kicked out and they, right. in fact, had been paid $200 food and alcohol to take, take part in a ruse claiming they were wow. veterans, but they were not. All right, fair enough. All right, stand correct. I want to clarify that. All right, that's good. All right, all right. thanks, Danny. And, and by the way, that's every network, not just Fox and Newsmax. There's a lot of uh, weird stuff out there right now, which is a shame. Thank you, Jake Tapper. Well, Thank no, you. it's just hard to, it's hard to know what to believe if you're not getting real. That's, that's why you read a bunch of newspapers and... If you read a bunch of them, well, you, okay. you, you Let, really get the if truth. If we're going to stay on this subject, yeah. you know, about what's right, what's wrong, fake news or not, yeah. let's just go back to something. I was listening to Hannah, one of the shows today, they were talking about the whistleblowers from the FBI. Uh-huh. And they were out on, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, geez, those guys, what are we going to do? With and it's the You sto- mean the Republican head of the FBI? No, 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 but there isn't one. Uh, right? Yeah, there for is, the re- as a matter of fact. Uh, now there is? He was appointed by Donald Trump, the head of the FBI. Oh, yes. oh the, the guy who replaced Comey? Yes. Okay, sorry, I stand corrected. Yes. So, but we're, we're going back. <laughs> Back during the times during 2016, yeah. and these guys said, "Hey, they did this, they did that." Not only did they lose their jobs, but they can't get their gun back, their permits. Um, they, a lot of them can't get jobs elsewhere in the law enforcement.
enforcement industry. These are FBI agents. This is the major league of law enforcement. Yeah. And, and no disrespect to anyone else, but that's just the way it is. And yet these guys were pleading on the Hill talking about their, their issues. And, and th- you know, three weeks later, no one talks about it anymore. It's disgusting, Jim. It really is. They were whistleblowers, whether you agree with them or not. They were coming to the table with some genuine concerns about free speech and the ability to say, hey, this is wrong. And now their lives are destroyed. Yeah, but that's only if they were fired because they were being whistleblowers. And depending on where you get your news, they either were or they weren't. So you can't be a whistleblower if you get into the FBI? Is that that what you're saying? That's why I read the Wall Street Journal as well as the... New York Times every day. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. And I get it. There's a dynamic difference between the two, but one trumps yeah. the other because one is <laughs> is de- directly in line with what you think, uh, just like the Washington Post. But the moment you pick up something like, you know, and, and, yeah, and granted, the, the Wall Street Journal is, is a conservative newspaper, but they have to be because they have to be sucked with reality. Whereas the Washington Post, on the other hand, and the New York Times, they can stretch it. They say all the news that's fit to print, not all the news that fits for them, Jim. No, not that's true. the difference. Not, not on the news pages. On on the editorial pages, I would agree, and I don't read them to be honest with you, because I know they're either going to be far left or far, and I don't want to read that. I want to read news, yeah. and and I know what it takes to get a job at either one of those newspapers. And you know what? You, I have a bunch of friends who who got a job, and you have to know. Right. You have to find three sources for anything. They're you report. not doing. And occasionally, Jim, do you think Lorenz in the, the newspapers? They, they you, the big newspapers. They do. Glenn. What's her name? Lorenz from Washington Post. Do you think she actually goes out of her way to get three sources for every story that she does? Not even close. Not even close. Everybody but the opinion she'll go to pieces. Twitter. She'll go to I don't know. Uh, no, they have to have Instagram for her. It, it, unless they're writing on the opinion they're not. side, they're not doing it. They are. They're they not. Get fired. Trust me. I know they people get fired, in management there. I, yeah. Okay. You're yeah. on the air. The New York Times. They won a Pulitzer Prize for their coverage of the Russia Gate. Right. Need I say more? Totally Thank fake. You. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so that's the Duff man. Hi. You're on the air. Why'd you hang up on him? Hi, hey, th- gentlemen. How you doing today? Hey. Uh, it's Lefty, who knows a lot about solar Lefty, power. Lefty, you called me a gentleman. Thank you. What's going on? Yeah. We, we, have, we have really lost a lot of fair news that was out there. Believe it or not, I used to watch CNN every morning, maybe just because Robin Mead was easy on the eyes. But that was just straight. Hey, that no. headline news was just straight reporting in the news. It, it was. It used to be. On it. There wasn't right. I agree. It. It, it was pretty good. Also, CNBC used to have a show on at 7 o'clock at night, and I'm not going to mention the name because Glenn's going to downgrade Yeah, because he sucked. But yeah, it was Who an was Fox employee. Yeah, I and forget his name. That looked was like a, thing looked like an alien. Kind of straight news going through. And I, I used to like doing that. Right now, we don't have one at a local level, except for, like, it's called Spectrum One now. They kind of just do the news, too. No, they it's don't. It's hard to get just news anymore. Any way you want to slant things is, is, is wrong. It's hard just to get the straight news that used to be... <clears throat> Walter Cronkite and CBS. Hey, guess what? Yeah. Anymore. You, you, you're going uh, to have a coronary because you and I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, Let me and just, that's why I read gotta, multiple newspapers because the, no, you don't. You, I, I do every day. Do you have a newspaper inside your place? Right? Oh, you're on the you phone. Want to see the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal? I thought you were on YouTube up. all day. Never no. mind. Jim, my friend, you, you, you got to clear your throat. Like you, ah, you got a frog. In yeah, I know. I do have a frog in my throat. But we we should use a different word. Clear it up, but. <laughs> I, I really wish that we had the straight news like we used to have, and they just don't have it anymore. And it was it was kind of at the end when you, you, you'd listen to the news and just pick up the whole flavor of it at the very end. 
But before that, it was just straight news. Now yeah. it's like all the way through. It's slanted one way or another all the time. Let me just interject here. Let me just let me just interject here real quick. Over the weekend, I even posted something on Facebook with respect to this. Of course, everyone knows Ron DeSantis hates gays. He wants to burn books. He hates Disney. He hates anything to do with the rainbow. And we all, I know that I'm just being facetious here, but that's the way you guys look at it. So I noticed that, you know, whenever there's a Ron DeSantis story, that Jeff Cole and his and his news department put that at the forefront. There could be a fire in Arsenal Street or a murder somewhere in St. Lawrence County, but somehow or other, Ron DeSantis is now the big story. Well, I would tell you this. If I were producing local news, we'd lead with a local story every day, every newscast, because we're the local news station. Right. But, but they're I not think doing Channel that. 7 does a good job. They do I'm a great job, but it just them. goes to show how slanted they are. Then you have yeah. the Watertown Daily Times. Where they, apparently, they have five employees working there, <laughs> uh, like Channel 50 does now, at this now. point. The media now, world now. is shrinking, and yet somehow or other, they wonder why they're not selling newspapers, and they're sl- every other article comes from the Washington Post. I don't get this. Why well, are no. people insistent? Why did Coles, why did Target, after seeing what happened to Bud Light, why did they go that route? Why don't people look at the bottom line like you, despite the fact that you're a liberal and you do business like a Republican, like you should do? Uh, why do they do that, Jim? I don't I understand that. I do business that. like a business And by the person. way, one other thing I want to add. Neither Democrat nor Lefty, Republican. I got to go, but thank you for the call. I, I, Jeez, I, make... I was agreeing with Lefty. You, I know, you and cut you him were, off. And, it's like I know, it, I know. I, I'm like shocked. Because we're late and I got to do another break. Uh, but here's yeah, the thing. Let's, let's pay the Real quick, yeah. Dylan Mulvaney. Everyone's upset with Dylan Mulvaney. I don't for know the, who it is. It's the, that's the trans man or woman, whatever. And he, he sells it really well, by the way, for the record. He looks I a lot better than half the women that I saw at Stewart's today. I make, oh my God, how do you get a bed <laughs> looking like that? Nonetheless, uh, she, uh, she was uh, uh, vilified for what she did. But it, you know, it's not so much Dylan Mulvaney as much as the marketing woman that that did the 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 um, the, the the Zoom call, and she said, "Oh, Bud Light was fratty and it needed this and it was dying and like." She's the one that people are more upset with. I, I, I truly mean, and you know I who I'm know. talking about. I, I Harvard grad. Tra- I know some trans people. I have no I, And I don't care either, but just don't shove no it down our throat. Listen, I got to do a break. You're listening to the Live at Five show, and we'll be back right after this. Roof looking older than you are. Finding more tool. Call you back. All right, we're back. <laughs> am, I, am I back? Oh, sorry. Am I back? Or yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back. Jim, you light a fire every time you're in here. Every hey time now. I see you walk up that step, hey now. I always think of how I assisted Tommy John to get up that step. That's legendary Tommy what a great John. Guy. By the way, he might get into the Hall of Fame uh, later this year. I hope so. He he is one of the nice. You know, you meet a guy like him. I've met two guys like him. I met Joe Namath. And and I I got weak in the knees. Yeah, and, and I, I really did. Were you kidding when you said that? Because he had bad knees. Well, he did. But I mean, Bruce and I, my partner Bruce and I, met him at a at a broadcasters convention event down in in Orlando. Right. And he was the nicest, most down to earth guy. And for those of you who know Tommy John, because he's here a lot. Yeah. Let me, let me, so is he. And let me just say, Tommy, heroes. Tommy John is very outspoken. He's a big-time conservative. Yeah, he is. And let me just say this. I'm going to say this out on the record. And, I, and again, for what it's worth, I think there's a big, the big reason why Tommy John's not in the uh, Hall of Fame is his mouth. And, and, and I, don't, I, I don't agree with that for the record because yeah. he should be in there. He should And be. he exercises right. But it's the same thing with Kurt Schilling. 
who was not even invited to like All Star games in Philadelphia, where he made his bread and butter. Well, he did that's it with why Boston it's too. wrong. No, it's not. He, he, he that's said, where you're wrong. No, no, no. Sports. If if he's a no, great he, athlete, he retired after that. And if he, he's a great athlete, he should be in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter what he believes politically. Who cares? Some of the. I mean, was Don Sutton a member of Mishpucka? Don Sutton. No, Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax. But my, was Don Sutton Jewish too? I don't think so. Because he didn't. It, he 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 said Don Sutton didn't like him, and it was one of the reasons why he didn't get into the Hall. No, and that's a shame. Because he, he you know, other be. players had had that, you know, a vote. He, he, remember when he played he in the World Series for the Red Sox, and he had Schilling, yeah. His his foot was torn to shreds, and he pitched a great game. There was questions whether or not that was real blood, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> higher in the air. Oops, uh, higher hey, in the air. How are you doing? What's going on? It's a gun. It's a gun nut. Hey, it's a gun nut. How <laughs> are you, man? In a while. <laughs> Yes, it's been a it's, while. It's now, been it's, forever. It's funny. You, you know, no matter what. Yeah, I haven't called in a while. Oh, um, too kind bad. Of de- kind of depressing times because of people like you. You know, <laughs> uh, you know if we, go, we got wars around the world. We got hundreds of thousands of people dying of fentanyl. We have, uh, we're on track to get about 9 million illegals in the country. <laughs> we have financial problems. We can't stop spending money. Everything you can think of. Is it not going well, Jim? Sounds like he's on a highway. You bob your head like a porn star. Oh. Now what's going on? Wait a minute. Porn stars would be Donald Trump's. Uh, ah, here not we go. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. They put but that having, wrong, by the way. No, but having said that, you may recall that the deficit went up by billions. I we're talking over each other again. Get some counseling. No, no, no. See, and I thought you were going to be nice. I you thought know, you were going to be pleasant. Is, the good thing is when the, com- the when the country's in trouble, you and I are going to be dead. We right. won't have to see it. Uh, Big white and, flash. And, 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 and here I thought you were going to be pleasant. All right. I got to go. But Don, gun nut. <laughs> you know, the problem is you start lying. When you start using words like patriot, that should be illegal for you. Hmm. You're, there's no bigger traitor around than you. Well, I, you I, well there you go. Fun. I guess right. you don't gun nut, I appreciate your comments. Anybody. All right. Thank you. I respectfully have to go. <laughs> I, See what you started. If, if if somebody disagrees with you, and because they do, you're not a patriot. I am twelve forty W eight ten. Watertown makes this legal. Up next will be CBS News. Thanks to Claudia Tenney, and thanks to Joe Stanley. See you tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Wendy Gillette in New York. A House vote on the debt ceiling bill is tonight. Minority Leader Hakeem.